interesting one. Last week, Ben taught for, uh, from the Lord's Prayer uh, and emphasized that the Lord is a good shepherd. Uh, he reminded us that mourning, being in mourning or lamenting uh, is not lack of faith, that there's a place of mourning and lamenting. Uh, however, surrendering to despair and adopting an attitude of hopelessness um, begins to demonstrate uh, that our faith isn't um, acting in the way it, it, it ought to. Um, that really hit me this morning also when uh, Dylan sang and the words were, I'm going to live like my king is risen. Um, that really hit me because that it fit really well into that note that I wrote from uh, Ben's message last week that, you know, we can be broken down sometimes um, emotionally from what goes on in the world and we can start to feel, you know, gosh, where's the hope? Uh, but we know where the hope is. And, and we can't live lives um, living in the fear and despair that the world does. Uh, leading into my message today, uh, I've titled my message, I Pledge Allegiance. Now, I want you to know I'm not going to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> In fact, I want you to know I don't say those words. Uh, you know, I, I, I honor my country, but I don't pledge allegiance to a flag. Uh, I pledge allegiance to God. And uh, I, I'm not being critical of anybody who's, who does that. It just doesn't fit for me. Uh, and, uh, um, and our reading today is from Matthew 22, 15 through 22. And in this time of what's going on uh, in, in the world and what we hear over in the Middle East, and um, we're hearing cries of, you got to support Israel, and then we're hearing protests that you got to support the Palestinians, and uh, and people want you to take a side as if there's some clear cut what we're going to do, and if you don't, um, somehow you're you're you are evil or you're the problem. Um, the same is true I, I have found with things like the Pledge of Allegiance. Or, or the Star-Spangled Banner. If you don't act in a certain way when these things are being done, there are people who will vilify you. There are people who will attack you. There are people who will say you're, you are somehow evil uh, that, that if you don't respond in the way that they think you ought to. And that was the setting for this passage today. Uh, we had religious leaders and more secular leaders who were um, getting, frankly, they were getting sick of Jesus. <laughs> they, were, they were starting to say, wait a minute, this guy is starting to get the people excited and they're starting to turn away from us. And uh, we're kind of losing our position here. And the religious leaders were worried about two primary things. One, they were worried that um, Jesus was going to upset the Romans and get them to crack down on them. And they were also worried, though, that he was exciting the people and that the people were starting to um, 
maybe turn away from uh, the power and the prestige they had, and they were going to lose their position of power and prestige rather than examine Scripture and listen to what he's doing and, and perhaps be drawn into his message. They were fighting it because they had a position of pretty good power and authority, and the Romans were leaving them alone as long as they didn't incite rebellion. And, and yet this, this weird guy is coming and teaching all kinds of different things and upsetting the apple cart. And so they weren't happy with him. And so what they did was the, these leaders devised a plan to try to put uh, Jesus in a position where he had to either say pledge allegiance to a flag or look unpatriotic. And I'm, I'm joking about that. But it, it was a similar type of a scenario. They wanted to put him in a position where he had to um, rebel against the Roman authority or upset the people if he didn't rebel against Roman authority because the people didn't like the oppression of Rome. And so they devised this plan. An interesting thing, two groups of people went together on this. It was the, uh, the religious leaders and then a group called the Herodians. Well, Herodians were more secular. They, they, Herod, they were, they were uh, more uh, people that were in a secular government power type thing. And these two groups normally wouldn't get along. But the one thing they could agree on was that they didn't like this Jesus guy. And so they devised a plan to try to put Jesus in a no-win situation. Uh, they, wanted, they wanted to talk to him about taxes. Now, taxes, the people didn't like them. But the Roman government did. And the Roman government didn't like people not paying their taxes. And so what they wanted to do was to ask a question of Jesus, and they devised a question that they thought <clears throat> he was going to get in trouble however he answered it. And so they went to him, and they said to him, Jesus, and they started out flatteringly. They said, Jesus, you're really a smart guy. We know you are really educated and well-versed in Scripture and things. We know you're... Uh, you know, they don't really believe any of this stuff, but they're flattering him, setting him up. And then they say, you know, with your knowledge, um, is it right for us to pay taxes to the Romans? And that puts Jesus in a situation that if he says, no, you should not pay taxes, that they hope the Romans will arrest him and persecute him for, for saying that. But if he says, yes, you should pay your taxes, they're hoping the people then would start to reject him because he's siding with Rome and these, this oppression that they're under. And, and, and so they're laying this trap for him. And let's, let's read the passage and uh, see how Jesus responds. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Now, they're saying that, and if they really believed that, would they be trying to trap him? You know, so they're coming at him with, with uh, this, this um, insincere uh, approach. 
uh, even in calling him sincere. So we know you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. You see, they, they laid this trap for Jesus, but Jesus thinks on a different plane. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus knew where they were coming from. Uh, and so uh, I want you to know by my title, I've kind of, and, and by my approach, I've set a tone that may appear I'm questioning the faith of the religious leaders. And, and, and in a way, I am. I'm questioning that they've not opened their minds to that Jesus is opening up the truth of the scriptures. Here's the religious leaders who have studied and have tried. And, and I want you to know, I really believe they were um, fervent in their faith. They were trying to proceed with the faith that they had studied and known, but they had gotten um, grooved in a way that wasn't allowing themselves to open the minds to open it up to this truth that Jesus was opening up. You know, they could see that this guy knew things but they were blocking it because it didn't fit with the plans or the, the thought they had. At that time, people were expecting a Messiah, but they had developed a mindset of the kind of Messiah they were looking for. They were looking for one that would free them from the Romans, that would lead a rebellion and establish an earthly kingdom. Uh, and so they had their mind on where they wanted and this guy didn't fit the picture, and so he couldn't be the one. And so they didn't even open their mind up to look to see, was he fulfilling the scriptures or anything that would tell you who the Messiah was. But I do believe they had zeal. You know, you know they, they were fired up for, for their beliefs. And that's something, a lesson we need to know, is that misplaced zeal is actually worse <laughs> than ignorance. Uh, being, being zealous for something doesn't automatically mean you're doing something good. Uh, and we see that, again, in these conflicts we have in our world. We see all kinds of people with all kinds of zeal, uh, but are they, are they acting humbly? Are they acting... Um, with an effort to try to um, actually reach some positive result 
or are they, are they attacking and just being aggressive? Well, we see here these religious leaders and these secular leaders were simply trying to tear down Jesus. They weren't really looking for uh, how we bring about um, a, a good and a positive result. And again, we, we're, we're witnessing such dangers as we're bombarded by forcing you to try to take one position or another. Um, and if you take a position that um, a particular group doesn't like, you're vilified uh, and uh, called an enemy. And that's what they were trying to do here. And unfortunately, we're faced with these challenges every day of demonstrating um, to whom we have allegiance. Uh, and that, that, does, that goes beyond just political issues. It goes beyond um, uh, the big picture. It goes into individual little decisions about our jobs, our, our um, families, our money. We're, what, what does it mean to have allegiance, and where's our allegiance to? In Jesus' answer, as he goes forward on this, when, he, when they said, whose image is on this? Then he says, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. What his answer begs the question, though, is when it says, and give to God the things that are God's, what is that? To answer that question, we have to go back to in the beginning. In the beginning of Scripture and in the beginning of creation, Scripture tells us that we were made in God's image. We are stamped. As the coin was stamped with the image of the emperor, we are stamped with the image of God. We bear his image. And so when we discuss and give to God what is God's, it's not a tangible thing other than us. You know, religion will sometimes tell you that the things we owe to God are things like a tithe, 10%. Religion likes to do things like that because that puts a fixed thing on. They can use it as, it, it's like these religious leaders in these early days. It's something I can use to say, here, you've got to give this into us. Yet they're not addressing the heart of the issue. Things in the Old Testament, rules and regulations, were there during a time period where we were in separation in the relationship with God. And it was put there as ways of, of temporarily guiding us until that time of restoration comes about. Those weren't meant to be the things that actually establish our relationship with God. Because the reality is, God doesn't just, isn't just entitled to 10%. You know, but we kind of like that <laughs> because then I consider the other 90% of mine. But the, you, you understand how that's not the heart that God wants. 
Yeah. So, so when, we, when we try to say those things, we're actually playing the game of these religious leaders and the, these secular leaders. We're, 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 we're setting ourselves up where we're forgetting to whom our 100% pure allegiance is to. It's not a limited allegiance. You know, we are stamped with the image of God. And what that means is everything, all of our thoughts, all of our actions are to be guided by the fact that we are God's. And everything we do, all of our thoughts, all of our actions, all of the, 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 the way we interact with people, it all is supposed to be representation of God. We are his representatives in the world. And our actions need to be that. And, and, what, and, and if we try to divide it, I mean, some, some religions will say you have to honor the Sabbath. And if you don't honor the Sabbath, then you're not being uh, a proper Christian. And again, Jesus made clear the Sabbath wasn't made for God. Man, man was, uh, uh, sorry. But the Sabbath wasn't that holy thing. Jesus, um, even, you know, he violated the rules that were supposedly set for that, and the religious leaders tried to criticize him for that. But what Jesus was demonstrating through his entire ministry is, it's not about special days. It's not about special percentages. It's about your heart. You are stamped with the image of God. And what God wants is all of you. He wants your heart committed to him. And it doesn't matter that you, know, you we, we, can, we can honor governments and you can pay your taxes because it's not about whether or not we engage in government and things. The question is, in whatever we do, are we doing it in a way that honors God, that represents God into this world uh, and, and, and reveals him? And we can only do that when it's 100% of our heart. I can't hold back and say, well, this part's mine. Like, this 90%'s mine. Because all of a sudden, then, I've divided my heart. And, and, and what God wants us to understand is allegiance to coins and whether we pay taxes or not. I mean, I don't think he was saying you can't advocate for government that taxes you differently. You know, that's fine. You can do that. You can take whatever positions. And I don't think that's contrary to faith. But the question is, do you do it in a way that reveals that you're a child of God. And what that means is you've got to do it in a way that is love, that is, that is caring and loving. And so whatever we engage in, uh, we need to do it in a way, whether, you know, whether we get involved in government. I had a good conversation with a really uh, strong believer the other day, and he asked uh, about uh, and questioned whether or not you can engage in politics at all and still be a Christian, uh, because how do you do it? And, and we had a good discussion, and we had a, dis a disagreement. He kind of feels like you can't, and I feel like you can. Uh, you can engage, but we both did agree that 
whatever we do, you've got to do it within the, the realm of acting in the way that, that God wants us to act. I think Jesus engaged in politics uh, and, and gives us an example of how we do it. Uh, you know, he, he interacted, but he interacted with the, with, the, with the political powers and things in the purity of faith uh, and teaching us what is the real thing. What we have to avoid doing is um, dividing people. Our job is to draw people in. And the only way we do that is to remember that we are the image bearers of God. Getting to know Scripture, we have a benefit if we use it. And I think too often people don't. We have the Holy Spirit. And so, oftentimes when I give the message, I've got it all typed out here, but it's not, and, and you can always go and look at the message I typed up, <laughs> and you'll find it's, it's got the kernels of what I'm telling you here, but it, it, it rarely is what I give, because when I get up here, I really trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit to let me speak and, and to discuss in a way that uh, it needs to be heard. We have that available to us in everyday action. Whenever you confront a human being, if a discussion comes up, in your mind should be playing, God, how should I be responding to this? Holy Spirit, guide me, give me the words. It doesn't always have to be a conscious thought. But when we get that established in our practice, it becomes an everyday thing. You start to react in the way because you are asking the Holy Spirit to guide you. Now, I want you to know, I was having a political discussion with a guy one time, and I said, shut up. I don't think that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I think that was Jack uh, in that moment uh, because... The guy just wanted to lecture me. He didn't want to discuss. And what I was really meaning was, would you stop for a minute and let me talk? But I let, I let my emotion, I let, I let my frustration bubble up. And do you think I, I, I could have talked faith with that person at that point then? Was I a good representative of God in that moment? And if that guy, whether he knew I was a pastor or not, I don't really remember uh, at that time, I wasn't officially, so I'm excused. You know. uh, but if I then was talking about my faith to him, did I lay a very good groundwork for him to listen to me? Yeah. And so by allowing my personal emotion, my personal agenda to bubble up, I, I defeated anything good I might have done in that relationship. And now, do I beat myself up about that? A little, uh, because I really am, I'm really disappointed in myself in that moment. But one thing I do, uh, I forgive myself as easily as God forgives me. So I move on, uh, and I try to, I try to learn uh, from that situation. But that's what we have to do. In that situation, I allowed myself to engage in the political discussion rather than the faith issue. 
The political discussion is something that's about whether or not you ought to pay taxes or whatever. The faith issue is, how should I be responding to this person as a human being? How would God want me to be interacting with this person at this moment? That's the faith issue, and I let myself get away from that. I forgot what my role was. And that's something that we, it's easy to do. If we're in our job setting, we'll often think, well, I'm in my job setting. But God doesn't see it that way. You are still in his world, his kingdom. And so when we're in our job setting, we are still the image bearers of God. And so however we act in that setting has to be as an image bearer of God. If I'm in my father setting, parent setting, it's not anything different. How am I image bearer of God in that setting? If I'm in school, if I'm in, you know, whatever setting we're in, we have a tendency to block it off and say, okay, today's the Sabbath. And God says, every day, <laughs> every day is the Sabbath. Every day is the day you're to be honoring me. Every moment is the day you're to be honoring me. It's not just one day. In fact, again, I've said many times, I don't think God really cares if you're here in this building on a Sunday. What he cares is, are you worshiping me with your lives? Now, do I think it's important that people come? Yeah, I do. I think it's important. I get something every Sunday. I write notes feverishly because I'm learning from Ben when he's teaching. And that's going to help me when I engage in the world. So I think it's really important that you come, you learn, that you fellowship, uh, that, that we subject ourselves. Um, I, I don't mean subject in a bad way. That you uh, allow yourselves to be taught, that we allow ourselves to be taught because we're all growing and we all have experiences. So, but, but is it an obligation? No. You know. That's religion that makes these kind of things obligations. It's something that helps us grow in our relationship with God. Therefore, as for me, I pledge allegiance to God. Uh, I'm not against, again, the pledge. <laughs> you know, believe me, there are people who will vilify me for, for giving this message. But, but you know, I honor it. I stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, I honor my country. I'm very grateful for the country I live in. Uh, I, am, I am very grateful, and I think it's a, a wonderful country uh, that uh, we have the freedom to live the way we want to. And I've got the freedom to say what I'm saying. Uh, but I just I pledge allegiance to God. Uh, and that's, 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 that's something, that just a, something that has really hit me. And so when I, when I was reading this, uh, passage, that's why I titled it this way, not to be controversial, but to make the point that um, that's who we are as image bearers of God, that we, it doesn't matter job, our money, our homes, any of these things can divide us from our loyalty to God. Um, I can say, well, shoot, I've got to cut corners here. Uh, it's, it, it's, have I ever cut corners on my taxes? Probably. Uh, probably at some point I took a deduction that was questionable uh, or something, and I justified it. Is it justifiable? No. Actually, it's not. Uh, it's not justifiable uh, because I'm not being a good image bearer of God. So um, those are things, these are the things we have to wrestle. 
uh, is it, does it make common sense if I could fudge this deduction, save my tax money, that I could justify that, that then I would have more money to give to the church? Yeah, I could probably reconcile that in a way that makes it sound good to me. But it's still wrong. It's still, it's still not being a good image bearer. And if I got caught, would I have the right to be up here? Maybe you all could forgive me. But would I have tainted my witness? I, I would have. And so we have to remember that as we engage in the world, that the things we do are our representation of God. And I tell you one thing, I think the reason people are leaving churches and the reason people are questioning faith is that the people of God aren't very good image bearers. You know, what are they seeing? They're seeing us be secular. We need to show them the purity of God's love. We need to live as image bearers. Um, so some key thoughts. Jesus really isn't focused on taxes. He's not focused on whether you're in church or not. He's focused on what belongs to God, and that is your heart. And he's focused on us knowing the truth of that and us living our lives in a way that reveals God to the world. Because for some reason known only to God, he felt the best way to spread his word was with us. Think about that. He trusts you. <laughs> He's empowered us. And he says that's going to work. <laughs> and so that goes back to the uh, song. I'm going to live like my king is risen. He's won. He's victorious. I don't have to worry about the end result. I just have to get in line with God. The question isn't about any specific action or lack of action or things. God just wants your heart. In everything you do, he just wants you to be attuned to him and act the way he wants you to be. Uh, with that knowledge, everything else we do or don't do, it's important to examine these questions. Does this action or inaction demonstrate my heart belongs to God? Do these words or lack of words demonstrate my heart belong to God? As God's image bearers, we're not to act like we are better than others. We are blessed to be a part of God's family by God's grace. It's not something we've earned. And so we need to quit making other people earn our love and our forgiveness. Uh, we submit to others with humility and love. We're not better than them. We're blessed. If they don't yet know, our, ho our hope is to help them know. And I can't help them know by telling them all the things that are wrong with them. Again, spend time telling them what's right with God, showing them through your life by the fact that I am blessed because I know the love of God. And let them see that joy and that hope. If I live in that fear and that, that failure, why do they want to have a faith that if I can't live above that? You know, I can't live in despair. 
because I've got a risen Lord. And so whatever the world throws at me, I cannot be in despair. And, and we've got to know that. Now, is it okay? I mean, do we all have moments of weakness? Yes. That's why we lift each other up. Uh, but our goal is to let the world see that we have a risen Lord. We're already living in his kingdom. Uh, that's our purpose, is to be the image bearers of God, to let them see that there is a reason for them to come to know this God. There's a reason for them to, to walk in here uh, and get to know this faith. You have a purpose, but it isn't your job, it isn't being a father or a mother, although all of those fit within that purpose. Your purpose is to be an image bearer of God, and all of those things are just settings where you're allowed to do that. Last week, I, I, I want to end with um, a comment I wrote while, Bob was, uh, while Ben was teaching last week. Uh, I wrote this note as he was teaching. Unfairness, unjustness, evil. Those are never something that is out there and not my concern. All of those things need to be our concern, no matter where they are. Um, they should draw us into prayer. They should draw us into act, action. Uh, we need to be engaged. Uh, how that engagement comes is, is left each, to each and every one of us. But we can't say, it's not my job. Because it's all of our jobs. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit on which ones we engage in and where we go and what we do. But um, as image bearers of God, did, did Jesus deal with every problem that ever was out there in the world while he was there? No, he didn't. He didn't go over, run over here and run. He didn't run to every injustice. He gave us the big picture because he knew he was developing all of us to do it. So is every injustice your problem? No. But listen to the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit says you should do something, then you should do something. Yeah. El Salvador. I felt called to go um, one time with them. I've wanted to go again, but I haven't felt called to have to go. Uh, and my wife doesn't really want me to go again, so since I haven't felt called... Um, I haven't gone. But if I felt called, I would have to address that with my wife and say, you know, yeah, I know you really don't want me to, but I think God wants me to. Uh, and so I would have to do that. And that would be part of my witness with her also in that setting. So those are the kind of decisions we have to make on a day-to-day -day basis that let the Holy Spirit guide us uh, so we can uh, know. So... Um, I got a closing prayer for us before we go into communion, uh, assuming our wonderful Angie has had the opportunity. I sent this to her last night, probably, I don't know, 
eight o'clock, nine o'clock last night. So, and she still manages to get it up. So if you'll uh, stand with me and join with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for calling us to be your image bearers. Forgive us for the times we put things ahead of you. Help us to know fully what it means to bear your image and to live a life that shows to whom we belong. We want to be the image bearers you created us to be. As we leave here today, show us where we have fallen short and help us to do better. Guide us to act according to your will and to give you the glory. We lift up this prayer in the precious name of our Lord Jesus, who created a way for us and empowered.